Hello and welcome. We're going live today with Simon Tim. He is a, I don't know if you say ex, but he is a retired, or he's left the Hindu monastery, a, a retired Buddhist monk. He was a guest on our podcast, Empath and the Rising. Oh, not Empath and the Rising, Empath and the Narcissist podcast. I'm sending you Simon the. So we're talking to him today. I thought about a little bit more about spirituality. See if we can repel the dark energy, if that's a thing. We're going to explore all the things. So welcome. Comment below if you are here in the live. Let me know you're here, where you're from, any questions you have regarding dark energy, and we can address it. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you, Raven? too. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks. It's nice to be here today. Thanks good. For, uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had some kind of preference somewhere or other I had to adjust. That's how I got kicked out. Okay. Good to see you. Perfect. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Welcome to Instagram. <laughs> welcome welcome <laughs> into the deep right. end of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. It is it is fun once you kind of get into it and kind of get in a rhythm, but it can be um, all of them, right? All of those social medias can be a bit daunting. Yeah, they can be daunting. And um, yeah, and it's different uh, social medias for different folks, I guess. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So my spouse does uh, has a nonprofit, and she does advocacy for human rights. And uh, so, so she does lots of Instagram lives and stuff for her uh, for her work. So, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen her go at it. It's just uh, I've been more of a uh, Twitter person by nature. And so anyway. Yeah. And and yeah. Threads is really fun. It's owned, right? It's like an offshoot of Instagram owned by yeah, the yeah. Meta. And it is yeah. like Twitter, yeah. but for people who are on Instagram versus, I guess it's called X now. X, that's right. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Words so are just ways. as powerful as pictures and pictures or, you know, our brain absorbs in different ways. Ab absorbs things differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's great to be here with you. So... Uh, it looks like you have a nice community here too, as well. Yes, thank you, you all for being here. So I don't know. I thought I'd. I always like to theme a conversation to keep us on track, just like if it was an interview. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to kind of do a spinoff. We talked about like the self salutation on your episode on the Empath and Narcissist podcast. We talked about your experience um, with your experience with narcissism. I wonder right. if I yeah. could get your take. Do you remember that? You're like, was that the first time you shared about it? Well, it's the, yeah. Well, no, I, so I do write about it a little bit uh -huh. and um, talk about it also. Yeah. So it, it wasn't the first time, but, but it was a, uh, you know, it was maybe more in depth than I usually, than I usually go in it, or I guess maybe covered things a little more, uh, a, a, a little bit of a different area than I usually discuss. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, for all of you who are watching and listening, um, here I'll repost this back on the podcast, is go listen to his episode because that was really fascinating about parental alienation and how 
a professional psychologist can completely um, derail those relationships. And we talked about how you kind of healed from that, which is a really amazing, yeah, relatable yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I, I always share this, the sort of the irony of my childhood that my, my stepmother uh, had a PhD in child psychology from Harvard. No, from Har <laughs> Harvard. Well, it's like, yeah. The knowledge is the knowledge, and sometimes exactly. narcissists use it yeah. as a manipulation yeah. versus using it for good. So true. So true. Yep. Yep. And they don't screen people, uh, you know, in a PhD program. I mean, my stepmother was obviously very smart. They don't, don't like, <laughs> they don't give them a – they don't do a personality test at all. Yeah. Huh? I, well, true. they didn't, at least in the 60s when she took her, of course. you know, when she got her PhD there. So right. <laughs> maybe they have a little more. Ooh, that'd be a great, process. like, new movement in academics to start. Like, okay, pre-screen all of the psych majors yeah. for narcissism, uh, but half of them probably wouldn't pass. Yep. Pre let's pre-screen the professors first. <laughs> exactly. There's a whole bunch everywhere. It'd be, it'd yeah. be a revolution. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. So, what I was thinking, I wanted to ask you a bit um, again here about your experience as a Hindu monk, because I think that's really intriguing for most sure. people. It's definitely a unique route. And then from that, I'd love to ask you. Um, do you have any takes on how to repel dark energy like narcissism? So that's kind of the rabbit hole I was hoping to take us down today. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Great. So what is the Hindu monastery cult? Like, cause I know I'm Buddhist. I go to a temple. Like what do they you call that? Temple. Yeah. 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 So there's a temple, but usually the monastery is called an ashram. Oh, okay ashram yeah yeah so and ashram doesn't always mean that there are monastics living there but that's the sort of spiritual community that in in uh, that's a name for a spiritual community within hinduism okay so i lived in ashram life in uh for 16 years in los angeles in, in surprising places i was in yeah. los angeles for a few years i was in san jose for a few years and then i was in new york city for almost 10 years so in the big well, what instigated those moves within well uh so i joined in los angeles i joined the community in la i was just searching i was seeking okay. and I, when i first moved in i i just wanted experience meditation a little more deeply than I could otherwise. And so I moved to that like, okay, try this out for a couple of weeks. I was I was uh, a vagabond traveling across the country and I had just graduated from college and I was I was seeking. And so I didn't have any you know, I didn't have any um real agenda in, in, in my life at that time, other than trying different things out. Mm -hmm. And um, so I moved into the ashram just wanting to see what it was like. I had a profound experience in meditation and I realized like, wow, this is, this is really something that could help me. I, I had been on antidepressants for a number of years and I was looking for another way to, to, to kind of be with myself, 
for um to grapple with my psyche i guess you could say and mm. meditation was just it was something powerful to me i realized quickly that it was transformative and and could bring me to like for lack of a better word like a high mm-hmm. but but one that you know i smoked pot in college and you know but but it sort of came to a conclusion like that's it kind of helped me get from a to b in a way <laughs> like yeah. chilled out a little bit I opened up my heart a little bit and, you know, it, it, it really helped me in some ways, but but I realized that it's not going to get me, you know, to Z. And so, uh, so I tried meditation and it just it had, it had such a powerful effect on my psyche. So I wanted to delve into it more and, and moved into the ashram. And then I, I, I just fell in love with it. More, the more I got into it, the more I, I loved it, and and then sixteen years happened. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you just kept on going. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. This is your next step to defeating the narcissist. Learn how to master your boundaries. How to release responsibility for another's emotional response. How to feel the power of your self-sovereignty, free yourself from narcissistic abuse, and draw long-lasting, powerful boundaries. Get your free How Empaths Can Draw Powerful Boundaries. Workshop now at ravenscott.show forward slash free dash workshop. I know. And you shared with us in the episode, you have to go listen to it of like his awakening moment that uh, had him leave the, that way of life. And it was really profound. And I love it because it was, it's on the subject of um, spiritual bypassing and how sometimes you, you find that you you don't always find enlightenment. It's almost like a bandaid over your deeper wounds. Like your meditation wasn't quite allowing you to heal it. It was just kind of covering it, which is yeah, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny. I uh, I experienced there's uh, people in the therapeutic world are very attuned to the reality. I guess they just they have a lot of clients that come to them who are meditators and 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 they they recognize that people use it as a form of escapism, almost like a drug. Um, And I just referred to it in a lot like a drug, you know, it got me high. high. So, so there is a quality to it. That's like that. Um, I, I think in the therapeutic world, a lot of times people don't realize there's also something more going on in meditation than than just escapism, you're 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 tapping into life in a in in a deeper way. You're you're experiencing yourself, and I think a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And um, tapping into a sort of a you can tap into a potential within you. I think that that's very powerful in meditation. And so, so so I think that within the meditation world, there can be. A lack of a recognition of how it can be escapism mm-hmm. 
And within the therapeutic world, there can be a lack of a recognition of just how good it is for you. <laughs> Isn't that so yeah. interesting? Even within something that can be so pure, there's the yeah. duality still. There's yeah. the dark side and the light side of it. It's like, yeah. how can yeah. anything be wrong with meditation? But you're right. Yeah. But it is. So do you still meditate? I never asked you that. You know, but go ahead. Yeah, I do. But it, that's so interesting that you say, how can anything be wrong with meditation? And I also, I, it's, it's funny because I thought when I moved into the monastic life and embraced it so completely, I just, it, it never dawned on me that it could be pot. There could be any way that I could possibly have a regret about it. Mm. You yeah. know, that I could yeah. feel any kind of regret. How could I, how could there be anything negative any kind of regret that i would have but when i left i realized it wasn't that i regretted my choice in in um in being a monk so much as i regretted my uh my tendency to escapism and my 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 the way i used that experience experience to to avoid feeling my feelings got it yeah, yeah. and i yeah. think it was your episode i always try and pull out a quote to put up on instagram as a picture and i'm pretty sure it was your episode where it was like i don't know if i think we said it at the end is like you have to feel through it to in order to heal you have to feel through it yeah. versus avoid it and that yeah that's almost like a perfect illustration for that phrase like, yeah, I think it was yours. Yeah. Yeah, the way through it is through through experiencing through. those feelings, not through avoiding them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It really is. Through the dark. But to yes. answer, yeah, yeah, you have to get through the darkness by experiencing it, cultivating the courage. Those feelings are in your heart. You know, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the ultimate thing that, that really awakened me, is this recognition that, you know, if there's, feelings that are lodged in my heart i have to i have to allow them to surface i have to give them a moment in the sun i i can't i can't run from them i can't escape them i i have to i have to acknowledge them it's painful it means it sometimes it means i recognizing that i'm just like I'm just not as enlightened as I wish I was or I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. So true. But there it is. I, once again, I've been triggered and I have, mm -hmm. you know, uh, fears or anger or something lodged in my heart that I have to recognize. So, so yeah, there's, there's uh, a, a, a real truth, I think, to this idea that the the way out is through the emotions. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the only way to be a human. Like when when you were saying that a little mm -hmm. bit ago, it's like, yeah, well, well, that's a reminder that you're a human. Like enlightenment seems to be such a thing that we're always trying to seek and find because we want peace and we want everything to just feel good. But that's like that's just not life on earth. It's just not the reality. Like you're just not human if you're constantly was, at peace. We're not there yet. Yep. <laughs> yes. Like there, there's. Um, I believe there is a there is a state of awaken, awakening, or an awakened state that we can arrive to. Yeah. 
you know, but we're here and, and, and we're here to learn. We're on a learning journey. Yeah. And a healing and a healing journey. And so, um, so yeah. Yeah. But getting back to your point, your, your question about meditation, I still meditate. In fact, mm -hmm. I'm an avid meditator and I do all kinds of different meditation. I'm, a, I'm still a meditation junkie. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just do different forms of it. Now I still do the kind of meditation that I practiced as a monk. That's still a powerful experience. I mean, so what kind of what meditation years, is that? That's a mantra meditation. Okay. The recitation of the mantra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, hours and hours every day uh, for 16 years, it's like, it's created grooves in my psyche that are, you know, neuro synapses or <laughs> what have you that are, that are well-worn and, and I can, or because of that, I can arrive in a, in a, in a wonderful place when I do the meditation. And so, yeah, I still, I still practice that and that has a lot of meaning for me. And, uh, I do also, a a meditation called yoga nidra have i don't know if that's something you've ever experienced or done i don't think i've experienced that no explain to yeah. us what that is yeah yeah so yoga nidra is this meditation where you you actually lie down and you listen to a guided meditation it's usually about a half an hour long and it's a guided meditation but it's a little different than what you kind of normally think of in terms of guided meditations, mm -hmm. because you you do a number of um, like mental exercises, okay? So uh, you, you focus on hearing sounds off in the distance and then you hear sounds closer and closer. You try to experience your body as very cold and then very hot. You try to experience, uh you know some of the dualities and then you you come to so you do these like mental exercises and then you uh you count your breaths in and out and um and then but it ends with this kind of guided journey that you go through and uh, the one that i listen to that i really like you go into um you go in a walk through a park and then you sit in a temple and you meditate. So it's really, it's kind of funny because within the meditation, you sit and meditate. You meditate <laughs> within the meditation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you meditate on your, you envision yourself going on this journey through this park and then you sit down in a temple and meditate. Wow. It's like and, a reflection of a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it's like uh, it gets me to a, a, a really wonderful place. Is that and, and like on an app or who creates those? It, it, there's a lot of folks that have them. Um, they are on apps. But, yeah, if you search for Yoga Nidra, um, N-I-D-R-A, okay. Yoga Nidra, okay. you can find it. And, uh, I mean, there's a bunch on YouTube and a lot of yogis have them. I... Um, plan to release one also but i have but i haven't done it yet so but yeah it's been it's it's just uh it's a wonderful way to um it's it's more relaxing than sleep mm -hmm. 
it's more relaxing than sleep. Yeah, because your your brain waves are going into a different state than sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what all the the labels are, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you just kind of you you can really enter a very peaceful place, and um, relaxation is, I think, more important than just like breaking away. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a, it's a basis for um, you know it's a basis for profound meditative states really so Mm -hmm. yeah so i do yoga nidra and then i do i do a meditation the meditation that i teach is is a process of the the, sort of the main meditation i'm teaching right now is a process that i call the self-salutation and that's that's the process where essentially you use the power of a meditative space that you 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 enter into a bit of a meditative space and then you use the power of that space to surface negative emotions within your heart mm. call them forth surface them and uh and actually resolve them so uh the the surfacing most people think of meditation as a kind of a static thing or a a, a time where you 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 sort of you want to in maybe impress something into your psyche Mm -hmm. like uh like an idea of um compassion like there's a famous buddhist meditation maybe you practice the metta Mm -hmm. uh, meditation the compassion meditation or you fix your mind like on a one-pointedness like i don't know like staring at a candle or or mantra you know staring mantra or you focus on your breath. There's a lot of ways you do a kind of a one pointed focus meditation. And um, that sounds really really interesting, like the releasing. So you teach people how to pull that up and then you guide them through releasing that from their heart, the negative. Exactly. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. So, so you're using meditation as a as a to to express not just to impress something, but to express something. Mm. And I think most people who meditate have some kind of an experience of this actually, right? Like in, usually it comes in the form of like great ideas. Like you meditate, you get, when you sit down and meditate, you, always, yeah. you get all kinds or of like great when ideas. You're in the shower and you don't meditate, you're like, that's kind of yeah. a space where you're meditating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your mind is kind of, yeah, relaxed. And, yeah. And so, um, so, so the meditation process I teach is a, it's a means to help. Essentially, what ha- happens is this: so we uh, we su- suppress negative feeling. We all just like categorically as humans, we we run from negative feelings, and we you know we, we want pleasure and we avoid pain, yeah. right? So we all suppress negative feelings. It's it's built into our DNA sort of Mm -hmm. and um, and especially in our culture where we're not educated well on how to resolve negative feelings when they arise Mm -hmm. especially we repress them and and we have judgment around them Uh, you know it's not uh, it's not acceptable to feel anger right but who doesn't feel 
feel angry. We're like <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we're, we all do. We're human. It goes back to you're human if you're experiencing these negative yeah. emotions. Yeah. So who doesn't who doesn't have that? And so so we were so so the thing is this we we have this subconscious mechanism set up to to clamp down on it becomes second nature it's subconscious we don't even have to think about it we have yeah. a negative feeling we think like okay i'm not going to let that bother me and then we kind of convince ourselves through in that moment that you know that we've moved on and it hasn't upset us but then uh the next morning we wake up you know on the wrong side of the bed and we're wondering like why am i you know so upset well yeah you're upset because it did bother <laughs> you <laughs> and you just shoved it under the rug and, and you, you thought it would it disappear <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh so the idea of the you know one of the meditations in the self-salutation is you cultivate your courage to 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 feel whatever you need to feel and see whatever you need to see and there's something that happens with the psyche like when you do that you you get yourself into a state of like okay I'm, i i'm summoning all of my courage to to feel whatever feelings might, might be buried in my heart it kind of it, it kind of cues your subconscious like okay okay i i, I think he's he's ready and 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 stuff can start to uh, emerge uh, and so it's a it's a it's a great tool but then what do you do with the negative feeling that arises well right. fortunately like um so if it's anger there's almost always uh like something underneath the anger that you have to pry beneath to to get at Okay, something there is healthy yeah, anger. Because usually anger is but, like the mask in front of the sadness or the exactly, hurt or abandonment, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so most of the time now there is there's anger that's an expression of power also and learning to uncover that is is important and learning how to manage that and step into a form of empowerment with that is is important. But uh, uh, most of the time when we're angry, there's, there's really, like you said, there's something underneath it. There's a hurt. There's a, um, there's a fear. There's a vulnerable feeling like, like um, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you an example. I sometimes share. Mm -hmm. um, when I first met my, started dating my spouse, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> Which I want to hear where you met her, by the way. <laughs> I met her. At, uh, I met her at Divinity School. Okay. Yeah. So when I left the monastic life, I went to graduate mm -hmm. school and and um, decided I didn't want to go into academia, which also ties back to our loop about professors needing psychology. <laughs> yes, narcissistic professors, <laughs> jerks who tell us that we're uh, students. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, but I did. So I decided I didn't want to go into academia, but I did meet my, my spouse there. And, um, you know, in our early days of, of dating, um, like sometimes I would find myself in a state where, uh, like, I would be hypercritical of her in my mind, mm. you okay. know? And, um, and then I would, I would be like, 
okay, Simon, but like, wait a second, because like, I think it was yesterday when you were just thinking like, oh man, I'm so in love with this woman, you know, this is so wonderful. So like, what's going on here? You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting that you flip-flop like this. Yeah. And with a lot of probing, I uncovered like, so at that time, I had, I had been a monk for 16 years, you know, like I became a monk, right, basically we're like right out of college. And then I went into grad school right after monastic life. So I had never had like a real job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I thought you <laughs> like, were going to say a real I relationship. Know. I know, like, like a, like a romantic relationship. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I had a long, some longer relationship in college, but, um, I had limited experience in that realm also, but but yeah. I had never had a, a, a like a real job, like held down a, a living as an adult. And, you know, I was in my late, mid forties, you know? And so I had this kind of anxiety about it. Like, and, and it was hard, like the transition was hard like going from being a monk to going into the real world, so to speak, yeah. it was it was not easy to kind of find my way. And so I had a huge amount of insecurity about like, will I be able to, you know, make my way in the world? And, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know how I was gonna do it either. I had all these questions about how that was gonna happen. And what I discovered was that when I found myself um, hypercritical of my spouse, uh, mm -hmm. I would look back and realize like, oh, well, there was that, that little interaction and she didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't like she was harsh or judgmental or whatever, but it was like a conversation around money that just like triggered all of my insecurities mm -hmm. and then but instead of me like grappling with my insecurities at that time i would i would pivot and be like hmm, i'm not sure if she's actually good enough for me. <laughs> 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 start like racking up like being hypercritical right you know? So this is such so, an interesting thing. I'm like, I'm, I get to hear the deep recesses of your thoughts. I'm like, this sounds similar to what the narcissist does, except they go further and they project it out versus have contemplation like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I think the, the, uh, we all project, Yeah. you know, in, in different ways. We all, we all project. And we all get tr and triggered do, and have these feelings. We all get triggered, triggered and have these feelings of our self-worth, whatever it is, whatever the area is. So, um, so, but the key is if you can surface what, what the real feeling is mm -hmm. that's, that's in your heart, yeah. you can tend to that feeling. And the amazing thing is that there really is one, like a simple balm that heals like all the negative feelings that are in your heart. And it's just good old fashioned love. You know? And uh, when, when you learn this, uh, the ability to, 
to, to give yourself a felt sense of love and acceptance, uh, you can, you can tend to those wounds that are in your heart. And meditation is a really powerful way to learn how to tap into that self-love and self-acceptance. And, and so, so that's the, that's the process that I teach the process of surfacing the negative feeling and tending to it. That's so, beautiful. Uh, yeah. 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 So do you think this ties in? Is your self salutation something that one can do to repel the dark energy of the narcissist? Let's go down that rabbit hole. Like yeah. what are some, what, what are some ways in your opinion that could repel that, you know, because narcissists usually are attracted to very confident, successful and light beaming, highly empathic people. Yeah. So how do we repel yeah. them by also keeping our vibe high? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think, I do think that's true. I, I think that, um, the, um, I think they also, they, they, there's a way where narcissists prey on people who struggle with boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, who, who have a difficult time with, with, with setting, setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there is a, a uh, so I think self-acceptance is, is critical for healing right but i think the meditation that i recommend a little more for the narcissist i mean that's that's critical because we've got to be dealing with our own issues as they arise our own fears etc mm -hmm. but i think a more important meditation that i teach that would have to do with repelling the narcissist is related but it's self-worth Okay. And I th think that yeah. the the stronger we are in a, in a in a profound sense of our worth, the the the, the more um, the more we radiate an energy that's like, you know, you, you can try and mess with me, but it's not going to work. I agree with you there because if you do have self-worth and self-love, you're not even going to mess with them. You're not going to allow them in yeah. or have compassion. I mean, you may have compassion, but you're not going to have like doors open. Come on in. Let me hug you and fix you yeah. kind of compassion yes. for people that yes. are just there yeah. to use you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so or the self-worth is, is, is really just as, in many ways, just as important as, as self-acceptance, self-love. It's related. They're sort of tied in together, mm -hmm. you know, but, mm -hmm. but, um, but we, I think, especially in this culture, we have a tendency to pin our worth to, to things that are not, that are ephemeral like how many likes we're getting or follows we're getting yeah right? there's a vanity right it's very yeah. narcissistic in how we define our worth yeah yeah and so the more we come to uh to to, to a, a felt sense a, a deep inherent sense of 
I have worth, I have dignity, and 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 really in imprinting that in our psyche, really embracing that deep within our heart, then it is, it's like a, I, I call it the elephant meditation. I name all of my meditations after animals, you know? Oh, that's right. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. So I call this the elephant meditation, and it's it's like this elephant. I, I love the elephant as, um, as a metaphor. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite of the metaphors, because the thing of the elephant is, I mean, there's a lot of powerful animals right that but the elephant is a little unique in that the elephant's not a predator mm. the elephant is is so 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 they're like they have their power you're not going to mess with an elephant you know <laughs> yeah they can trample you for sure. <laughs> but their oh, but their power is is uh has a, a kind of it's like in one sense, a gentle power because mm -hmm. they're not they're not out there like killing. It's not like a shark, you know, <laughs> right? Which is much more of the narcissist personality, right? Yeah. So, so I I like the uh, so I like that uh, that metaphor, and and I think for me that meditation is is also a, a critical component in in the healing journey. Just coming to 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 feel deep within your heart your own inherent worth and and this is a this is something that um speaking of my spouse she's coming up a lot here in this conversation <laughs> this yeah. is something that i've also learned a lot from her because she's a, a human rights attorney and um so human rights is this beautiful concept and an ideal and but but part of it is this this I, this vision or belief that every human per person is born with this profound inherent dignity mm -hmm. and and worth yeah every every human and we can recognize this is so easy to recognize with little children right and what but what is a little child done to to earn that dignity or worth they haven't, you know they've not they haven't achieved anything they haven't done anything they're like they play they you know yeah they're taken care of but we all recognize with the little child like the the uh, profound amount of dignity and, and and worth that that even an infant has and yet when it comes to us where is that phenomenal worth and dignity and value do we really recognize that in ourselves do we really honor that do we how in touch with that are we and mm -hmm. so i think that's a really wonderful you know meditation or, or or way to enter into that i have this funny story to to, to share about that there, yeah. i was i was visiting uh, a friend of mine and he had a, a um, had, his son was, um, I don't know, seven or eight. So he, his, his son was a sweet, we, we, you know, is an old dear friend of mine. And we were just sort of getting to know him after he had kids and had moved to Florida. And so we visited and uh, I was just a sweet boy, you know, we, we really loved him. And he, um, 
he wanted to show us his toys, so he brought his toys out one by one, you know how kids do when yeah when they meet someone new. And um and then he really wanted to show us this toy helicopter that he had made. It was like a bit above his age level to have done this. So it was kind of, it was pretty, it was impressive, you know, that yeah. he had assembled this toy helicopter. And he really wanted to show us that, you know, have that lift off the ground. But it wouldn't, he couldn't get it to work. <laughs> oh, it was like a robot, like it, that it, actually could yeah, fly helicopter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. and he, he couldn't get it to work. He couldn't get it to work, and uh, you know, so he tried and tried, and we had to go. Finally, we had, we were just you know there for a while, so we had to go, and um, oh, he was so devastated, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was something that I just thought about so much because it was like. You know, we had already just we just loved him because he was this sweet boy. You know, it wasn't about to move the needle in any way, shape, or form if he got that helicopter to mm -hmm. <laughs> lift off the ground. Yeah, it just wasn't going <laughs> to affect the sense of value that we had for him. Really, yeah. like, it wasn't didn't move the needle at all. Yeah, but for him, yeah, all this sense of worth that was tied into you know getting that helicopter off the ground and so i think we're it, somehow we learned it at an early age and we're all really uh, uh we just get caught up into it very early on pinning our sense of worth into what we've accomplished what we've done uh, you know the i guess for, for everyone it's 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 something different but in reality, yeah, you have inherent, profound, immeasurable worth because mm. it, was, it was given to you with your existence. It's because you thing. breathe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, uh, so come to, so, so So we need to come in touch with that mm. on a deeper, deeper level. And, and, um, and and being someone who's healing from narcissistic abuse, that is a powerful thing to embrace because mm. we yeah. are, are constantly conditioned, right? You Like we're already conditioned as children, like you said, with that boy. And then the narcissist amplifies that narrative even more. It's like, oh, well, you didn't do this. Uh, like you're yeah. just so horrible. And they're just always beating us down. And so we're always trying to be better and fix things not realizing that we're like in this vicious abusive cycle. We think we're just like with someone mm -hmm. who's not pathological. Who has high demand, high, you know. Who just is know, very picky or yeah, whatever we justify. Or, yeah. 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 And so we're beating ourselves up due to this relationship on top of beating ourselves up just because we always have. Mm. It's such a powerful mindset to embrace. Like I am worth whatever you are desiring or dreaming or have a goal for or just you're worth living because you breathe you bring this beautiful inherent design within yourself like human design i love always seeing different people's charts because every single one of us has a unique reason what our soul is bringing to this earth mm. and the narcissist when they succeed and they do for a while make us forget like why we're even here 
you know, mm. and it's a very, very powerful purpose. Mm. So you're worth being here just to breathe because you have a purpose. Yeah. 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 It's there. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And that really, really truly is the way that we repel that dark energy is you finally like have that strength and that self-worth within you to not put up with it at all anymore. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You, you, uh, you move your, um, your sense of worth from, from, from their eyes to your own eyes. Right. Mm. From, from, yeah. From, from their, yeah. From, from how, how they view you to to a recognition of within your own self about your own, yeah, yeah. Or, um, I, you know, I would say God's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Source, divine God, exactly. Yeah. 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 So this has been amazing. It's been so great to talk to you, you guys. Um, if you loved um, watching and listening to Simon here. Definitely make sure you check out his episode on the Empath and Narcissist podcast. Thank yeah. yeah. Thank you, everyone, for being here um, and just being a part of this community. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to join you. Yeah. I love All right. what you're so, doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So now you're here on Instagram. If everyone go follow Simon and encourage him to put some really cool <laughs> posts up. Quotes or pictures of all of your uh, meditations, like the elephant yeah. meditation. Uh, and the, that would be really cool to see. Because then you can explain to, to us a little bit more about it and then how we can access the meditations, which you can share with us now. How do we access those meditations? So I think the best way or easiest way at the moment is on my a website selfsalutation.com you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter i have a free weekly newsletter okay. and uh every week i i send out a you know a, a, a meditation on the meditations so <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a it's a weekly sharing that i do that's that's free and easy and and from there you can you can learn about the self-salutation yeah yeah perfect Thanks. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I do enjoy getting those. I am a part of that. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. So we'll be in touch, and hopefully we can connect again sometime later on in the journey. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. So I have a new book, baby. And if you're watching and listening to this before March 30th, if you subscribe and write a review of my book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, I will give three lucky subscribers a two-hour human design reading coaching session valued at $500 plus a signed paperback copy of the beautiful book. You can grab your free ebook below. You can also listen for free on Kindle Unlimited and write a review. Let me know and enter to win. Thanks so much for listening and being here on a Saturday with me. Until next time, keep your unique light shining. Maybe there's magic, believe you could have it. And I know of sadness, the anxious and panic.
of all the 